Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, David and I continue our positional previews by taking a look at the other side of the trenches along the defensive line. Guys, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. Blue Chew, that's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants that extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. For instance, you know, a lot of guys talk a big game, but if you're a one-and-done kind of guy, Blue Chew can even help you get to round number two. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for all our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code locked on. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B L U E chew.com. Promo code locked on. L O C K E D O N to try Blue Chew for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Jericho, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Happy weekend, everybody. It's a bonus Saturday episode. David, are you excited? I am, and I mean, time's flying. It feels like we just recorded our last episode. A little bit. A little bit. But hey. What a way to send people into a fantastic weekend as all of their 4th of July preparations are, are being prepared you know, for a uh, whatever they are planning on doing on Thursday, which, David, we need to talk about what we're doing on Thursday. But yeah. that's, that's not for this, this portion of our conversation. That'll be off air. And right now we are going to start. I got it. Do I? I said I got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's saturday we're a little bit looser we're a little bit goofier that's just how we do things here and here's what we need to do fourth of july you ready for this i'm ready independence day comparisons comps everybody loves comps i love comps independence day comps well you know what the fourth of july is right uh like what day it is uh i mean it's independence day what day of the week david I'm playing a Carrie Underwood song right in the spot. Let freedom ring. Let the white sing. Let the whole world know that today is the day of the reckoning. No, that's Martina McBride. That's what I said. What you mean like the day of the week? Yes, I said day Thursday. Uh-huh. What are we doing on Thursday? 
Throwback Thursday. We're doing Throwback Thursday where you all are calling us with the memory of the first Buccaneers game that you ever watched. So, no, we're not doing Independence Day comparison. We'll do two episodes. How dare you, sir. Anyway, we're here to talk about the defensive line. We already did our positional preview talking about the offensive line. And, David, we need to hear about the defensive line. So, I'm not done talking about Thursday. We can discuss later. I think Chris Chris supports my idea. Just just so you know, you're you're asking for a lot of work. All right, he's I not mean, even hearing your side of the argument, so he automatically agrees with my side of the argument. Well, yeah, we we were late on the first Throwback Thursday episode. We have to do Throwback Thursday again on 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 actual thursday this time i think the people deserve a double episode james we want some more we want some more we want some more we can discuss later (laughs) (laughs) all right sounds good so about bo allen no not about bo allen (laughs) well i guess a little bit about bo allen Mm -hmm. uh david this is your brainchild uh, the, the, the positional previews. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to defer to you. What, what do you want to focus on first? Do you want to focus on defensive tackles or defensive ends? I want to focus on defensive linemen. What? You are really making this difficult. <laughs> I'm just saying, listen, the Buccaneers don't differentiate between the two. So, I mean, why should we? Yeah, but they do, though. But, but they don't. I would, you know what? Let's start on the outside. Let's start with with defensive ends, quote unquote. Okay. So, right now, the defensive ends would be, of course, Jason Pierre Paul, Noah Spence, this poor gentleman whose name I'm going to butcher, but he probably won't make the team anyway, so I'm not even going to bother. There's Patrick O'Connor, Anthony Nelson, Carl Nassib, Farrington Huguenin. Uh, Damone Harris, William Goldston, and Kazine Daniels. Um, now, they also had Noah Spence. Yingbo. Do what? You forgot Dari Odiyingbo. That was the name that I was going to butcher. <laughs> uh, they also have Noah Spence listed as defensive end, but, you know, it, obviously we believe he's going to be more of a linebacker, and, and the way this roster is broken down is all the outside linebackers and middle linebackers are all just listed as linebacker. Let's Let's talk about the – kind of how this is going to shake out because you know at at the moment we're not really sure how Todd Bowles is going to play with these guys he's not we're not sure who he's going to have lining up in the dirt Joe Dierte don't try and church it up son who he's going to have standing up at outside linebacker because if you take all these defensive ends that are listed as you know outside linebacker there's like 72 outside linebackers on this team yes as there should be. But 72 is more than 53, and that leaves us without any other positions. We don't need them. Just linebackers all day. You know, can I point something out, though? Absolutely. This is actually really cool, and we've, we've kind of touched on this before. So there, I've seen some recent comments, and I've, I've heard some recent podcasts talking about how this coaching staff is not necessarily doing things that the fans and some of us in the media, whatever tier level you want to consider all of us, are expecting them to do or have expected them to do. And that's a good thing. Like, I'm actually enjoying the fact that you and I can't even sit here right now and come to an agreement on who is a linebacker and who is a defensive end. Because if we can't figure it out, then there is a chance that the opponent isn't going to figure it out. 
because year after year after year after year, we knew what was going to happen. Like when Noah Spence started not showing up during training camp, and I don't mean physically showing up, like, you know, showing up as in making plays, not showing up in preseason and then not being active in the regular season. Like we pretty much all knew what was happening. He was being forced to play a style and a position that he was not built for, that he was not suited for, that his talents were not good for. That's what we all said. We're not the only ones, so we're not geniuses because plenty of other people said the exact same thing, that they're misusing, misplaying, putting Noah Spence in a bad position, and it's not going to work. And then it didn't work. And now here we are, and it's, is JPP a linebacker or is he a defensive end if he's going to play at all? Like Carl Nassib, you look at Anthony Nelson, like – there's there's so much versatility across this roster and with this game and assumptions of versatility with what Todd Bowles is going to do with all of them that it's almost hard to talk about. Like, I almost want to say we shouldn't do a defensive line episode. We should just do a front seven episode. Like, here's our front seven position group. You literally, we've literally just turned almost two-thirds of this defense into one position group because of the way this defense is going to be shaped, and it's awesome. It's unconventional. It's unpredictable. Like you said, I mean, for for years, we've known exactly what was happening. Watching games on Sundays, we knew exactly what was happening. Whether it was offense or defense, I remember plenty of times where the the offense would line up. And I would look at my son and I would say, I am your father. This is going to be a pass to Mike Evans. And sure enough, it was a pass to Mike Evans. My son would be like, that's impossible. How'd you know that? I said, because the play calling is predictable. And if I know it, don't you think the defensive coordinator that had to play against them knows it? Yeah. Like, that's how this team is. Madden recommend a play picked it. That's why I know it. Do what? Because the Madden recommend a play picked it. That's how I know what it is. Yeah. Yeah, basically. So, I mean, it is kind of fun to, like, not really be sure. I mean, do I think Carl Nassib should be – the hand-in-the-dirt 3-4 defensive end, I think he would do better in that role than being a full-time outside linebacker. And I but, I but I don't want to not use him at outside linebacker sometimes. I, I think he's the kind of player that he could be a legit 50-50 mix. Yeah. You know? And same with, with Jason Pierre-Paul. How is he going to do standing up should he play? Yeah. How's he going to do standing up versus putting his his hand in the dirt the way he's done his entire career? Well, he played. I mean, I don't know about New York. I didn't watch much in New York, but he did have some. I remember, uh, like every time I saw Carl and JPP standing up together at the same time, I got really excited. Oh, that's true. That's true. Basically, they at least created some pressure. They at least created some penetration, and so I think he'd be. I would. I think he would do great. Um, I really think at the end of the day, like. It's it's almost like how basketball has gotten. I remember years ago hearing, hearing Jalen Rose say, The positions were only created so a novice could follow the game. Just because you're a power forward, that doesn't make you physical. Just because you're a shooting guard, that don't mean you can jack up threes. That's what, just what were a you, Jalen? What were you? What were you? Did you what average, were you? Did you average 1.4 yeah, points yeah, as yeah, a yeah, senior yeah, in I high did. school? Yeah, I did. Okay, so yeah. all of that Pistol P stuff, Water yeah. Pistol Pete okay. Jr. Todd Bowles defense it's it's obviously not completely because you're never going to see Indomitian Sue on the perimeter guarding a wide receiver got it but it's about as positionless defense as you can get like I don't think Todd really cares about what you call a certain player like it, it's going to kind of go back to you know the little bit of experience that I got with with pro football fo- uh, pro football focus I can tell you right now at least in their college coverage if a player is lined up inside the tackles he's and uh within uh 
uh, three yards in the line of scrimmage, he's a lineman. He's a defensive tackle or a defensive end, depending on where he lines up. But JPP, Carl Nassib in this situation, I mean, if you have this dude standing up right over the tackle, one yard off the line of scrimmage, is he a linebacker? Is he a defensive end? And that's really coming down to a schematic thing because if he's a defensive end, you're somewhat expecting a pass rush move. You're expecting him to be on the line of scrimmage in the trenches. If he's a linebacker, you're expecting him to fall into coverage. Well, now if you're an opposing quarterback and offensive coordinator, he can be both. And that's a problem because now you're making pre, you're bringing pre-snap reads at the line of scrimmage. Your microphone's turned off. The coach isn't talking to the quarterback anymore. And now it really is defense versus offense and disguising versus reading. And it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Like I fully expect to see snaps where you see a Carl Nassib or a JPP, if he can make it back or Noah Spence or whoever start off, you know, standing up in what would be a quote unquote outside linebacker position alignment, see the quarterback come up, scan the field, maybe make a call here or there, come up. And as soon as that play clock hits 16, 15 seconds, you see Carl Nassib shift inside, maybe into a three tech with his hand in the dirt. And now all of a sudden the quarterback's calling other stuff. And when the ball snaps, Carl drops off into a flat zone. Like, I mean, those are the things where a quarterback is never going to know what's coming, what's happening. And that's just with one player. You know what I mean? So, uh, now at the same time, you can also get too cute and scheme yourself out of a play. So you got to be careful. But I mean, I don't know, man, it's exciting to me. Uh, we haven't even really talked about anybody yet. And it's just, it's exciting. So I'm enjoying it. It's just like Carmen said, one of the times that she was on with us that she doesn't understand how any offensive coordinator can prepare for a Todd Bowles defense, because you never get the same look twice. And what you think you see is not what's about to happen. So yeah, somebody that, that I want to talk about, David, is and we we've touched on him a little bit so far, uh, especially after the Indomitian Sioux signing. Is Vita Vea? Now a lot of people loved to hate on Vita Vea last year because he wasn't Derwin James, and we know how I feel about that. But this is a guy that really came on at the end of the year, and and started to show why he was a first round pick. Now. Now consider this. He his first game last year was in week 4 against the Bears. He played a total of 13 games. And he had more tackles in the last 3 games than he had in the previous 10 combined. But you see the gradual growth from game to game to game. Now he's in a position where he's playing in a different defense, a different overall scheme, you know, uh, a virtual overhaul of, of the defensive line and the linebackers that were around him. How do you feel that Vita Vea is going to fare, you know, along with, you know, alongside of Indomitian Sue and, and under Todd Bowles? I mean, as of right now, I think Vita Vea is going to be a – above average player and that's an improvement because you remember and those who have been with us for a little while will remember I was not really excited about Vita Vea being drafted where they drafted him not because I preferred Derwin James which I did but just because I mean when when I looked at Vita Vea coming out of Washington he was a guy that if you asked me is he a run stopper is he a pass rusher I would just say yes because he did both well he did neither great in in my opinion um, now, what we saw out of his rookie season is definitely more than I expected to see out of his rookie season. And 
honestly, I came out of his rookie year more disappointed that Gerald McCoy wasn't able to do more playing next to him than anything else. Moving forward now with Ndamukong Sue in there and everything else, I think that Vita is going to show a step more of probably probably get a little bit better as a pass rusher, probably get a little bit better as a run stopper, just kind of better of of reading the flow of an NFL offensive line, catching up with the speed and everything else. I think training camp is going to help him out a lot. But I still feel like Vea's ceiling is really good starter, which don't get me wrong, I'll be happy with. Like I'll, I'll be genuinely happy if Vita Vea can make a career out of being a really good starter on the Buccaneers defensive line. Um, but that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of the, the amazing thing about this whole thing because I think it really kind of worked out in Vita Vea's uh, advantage across the board because I mean can you think of of a first round draft pick coming into their second season who has as little pressure on him as Vita Vea does like in how 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 can you think of another one another guy out there who just no. nobody's talking about this dude <clears throat> no and, and the more he flies under the radar the better yeah no I agree and I don't think in his personality I mean I've never you know met the dude in person or talked to him in person but the impression I get of his personality, I don't think he cares. Like, I think he's just chilling, working out, getting ready for the season, and he is happier than anything for people to not be talking about him. Like, if, if he if he catches – like, we tagged him in this tweet or in the in the tweet for this episode saying, we're talking about Vita Vea. He'd probably go, oh, crap, no, 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 stop, stop. We're good, we're good, man. Like, I'm, I'm good. Just let me, just let me be. We're going to get a DM be like, y'all need to knock this off right now. Yeah, you know what I mean? I really feel like he's perfectly fine with it. But you look at some of the other first-round draft picks from last year, and, I mean, it's like the weight of the world is on their shoulders. And, you know, I mean, not, you know, not all of them. That's a little bit of hyperbole, but it's just it, – it's perfect. Like, it's the perfect storm for Vita Vea to be able to quietly go through his first camp, quietly go through his first complete preseason quietly get used to the new coaching and the new scheme, quietly get used to his new teammate. Don't tell nobody. And then come out during the regular season and hopefully make some serious noise. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. When, when all the focus is on guys like Ndamukin Sue and Devin White and people are talking about the Jason Pierre-Paul injury, you're right. I mean, nobody is mentioning outside of, of the um, – I want to say it was the pro football – Focus predictions. I can't remember. It was on Monday morning quarterback where they predicted big seasons from OJ Howard and, and Vita Vea and also said that Jameis Winston could be the the NFL's passing leader, which I thought was a wild, wild call. Um yeah, other than that, that one column, I haven't seen a thing about Vita Vea. Yeah, I mean, honestly, have I mean even like are we even writing about Vita Vea? Not really, no. Like, we're sitting here saying how amazing it is nobody's talking about him. Are we even talking about him? Other than, you know, right now when we're talking about him. Maybe we should. Maybe. Maybe we will. All right. Uh, anyone else that you really want to – this this episode really got away from us fast. Yes, what uh, are we talking about? Defensive line? Yeah. Yeah, I mean <laughs> – like I said, I mean, really – when you talk defensive line for the Buccaneers, you talk – I mean, Shaquille Barrett. Like, can I sit here and guarantee that Shaquille Barrett is never going to put his, his hand in the dirt, never going to be lined up off tackle? It's just – it's a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, our linebacker episode is definitely going to be very Levante and Devin heavy, I think. But, yeah, as far as the defensive line is concerned, I mean, this thing is going to take on so many different shapes and sizes and formations and twists and turns. And then, I mean, and then at the same time, as soon as 
and offense is sitting here saying, okay, watch for the stunt, watch for the twist, watch for the roll. They're just going to come straight at you and punch you in the mouth and then knock you back into the quarterback's lap. So, I mean, it's, it's just great. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to see what this team can put together. Is it July 26th yet? It is not. And I'm thankful for that because July 25th is my wife's birthday. And if it was the 26th, I would not have gotten her anything yet. And I'd be in trouble. Yeah, it sounds like a you problem. Let's go socks. Here's some ranch flavored pop tarts. She'll be all right. Uh, no, no, no ranch. That is the most disgusting thing I think I've ever heard of in my life. It's, it's bad. Did yeah. you see that the pop tarts official account, uh, replied to that guy? No, did they? <laughs> they, they told say? they told him that he needed to delete his account. Nice, nice. <laughs> nice. I like it. I dig it. Yeah, you know uh, what though? I you will be proud of something, and Chris will be very disappointed. Uh, shortly after you exposed, I mean, I guess I've always known that ranch was mayonnaise based, but I, I, it was just kind of one of those things where I never really pulled the curtain back. Uh. Yeah, it wasn't very long after you said that that I was putting ranch on my pizza and I kind of stopped and I was like, this is mayonnaise. And <laughs> I'm not going to lie, man. Like my ranch usage on my pizza has dipped since then. Uh, and I don't mean that I've turned to just... No pun intended. Yeah, it has. It has <clears throat> I have lessened my ranch consumption in, in conjunction, there's a lot of words, with uh, with pizza since you did that. So I don't know. You know, I guess you're proud of that, obviously. But uh, I, I always, I always thought the same people that dipped fries in ranch. I'm like, you're, you are one step away from dipping your fries in mayonnaise. Like that I don't that do. I have dipped fries in mayonnaise. Yeah, that's a that's a hard pass. No, man. You know what? So uh, I guess when- on the flip side, like I'll get those like cheddar, like the, those cheesy skillet fries that have like the melted cheese and the bacon and the, the mm-hmm. green onions on it. And I'll dip those in ranch. Yeah. I mean, that's more like a, I don't know, like a cheeseburger with potatoes on it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like a version of a potato skin. Yeah. So the first time I got stationed in Germany, uh, Germany is, is amazing for many reasons, but one reason is the existence of food trucks outside of nightclubs and bars. Um, very savvy businessman over there. And why are we not doing that? Here? Right. As, as a, and it's really, it's good food too. Like it's, it's not the food that you eat drunk and things good. And then you eat it sober and it's nasty. It's food that drunk or sober. It's, it's delicious. However, I will say that the first time I ever went to a German food truck outside of a nightclub and saw uh, French fries. And then I saw a mayonnaise bottle with the ketchup bottle, like next to the ketchup bottle. I really thought it was weird. And then, you know, the people who had been there for a while and some of the locals were like, nah, man, it's good. You know, it's good. And I was definitely drunk the first time I tried it. And I was like, oh, that is, that is actually French fries and mayonnaise within limits. Like you can't like slather the thing in mayonnaise. You know what I mean? It's like a little dip here and, and, and you're good to go. And then I tried it again sober because I was like, ah, oh, it's probably just drunk, drunk Dave. And it's good, man. I mean, I don't do it every time. You know, it's not like every time I have French fries, I, I put mayonnaise uh, down for dipping. But every once in a while, I'll do it. And uh, it's 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 not a bad combination. All right. Well, the next time I have some mayonnaise, like drip off of my burger bun or something, I'll, I'll give it a try. Yeah, give it a scoop, especially if it's. I mean, and sometimes you take what I like to do is it's kind of like the like the Olympic rings. I mean, obviously not there's not as many, but in the middle there, you kind of mix it up a little bit. You got the you got the the ketchup and the mayonnaise mixing up a little bit. So you, there were 
a lot of people in my high school that did that because we had fries at my high school every available every day yeah. and people would take ketchup and mayonnaise and mix it together and i'm like you know if you just put a little bit of pickle relish in there you just have thousand, thousand island, island. Right? yeah but it's like not it's quite thousand island it's just awesome. a really good cousin of thousand island it's good give it a shot all right i i you know i'm i'm very stern in my food beliefs but I, I am always willing to try things. Yeah, there you go. But I've tried ranch on pizza and just never again because gross. Anyway, back to our conversation about the defensive line as as we are rapidly running out of time. This is a uh, – Oh, is that what we're doing? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> this, this episode really got away from me. Eh, uh, it's Saturday. It's, that's it is Saturday. Saturday. You know – I, I hope everyone's sitting around enjoying their their breakfast and listening to us just be completely off the wall. Um, I, I think we've talked enough about Indomitian Soup. Have we? And do you want to talk about him some more? I mean, yeah, no, we're good. <laughs> okay. If anyone wants to wants to hear us talk about Indomitian Soup, go back. A few episodes, we talked about him for like a week straight. No. Including talking to other locked on podcast hosts that covered Indomitian Sue. So you kind of get the the full gamut there. Um, We've talked Vea. We've talked JPP. We've talked Nassib. Who do you think we're, I'm I'm putting you on the spot. You have no idea I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. But this is how we're going to close out this episode is with your bold prediction. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be the odd man out? What? The odd who's, man out? Who's not, yeah. Who's not making this team? What? Oh, who's not making the team? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Who's not making... Is it William Golston? Is it Bo Allen? Well, no, it won't be Bo Allen. He restructured. He's good. Yeah. Is is I th- Noah Spence on on the cusp, and he really has to play better in training camp and preseason than he has ever played in the NFL, or he's gone. Like, if no. you had Noah to pick Spence somebody to be the odd man out, he's the final cut. Who's it going to be? I mean, if I have to pick somebody, I mean, I honestly think that they have few enough people labeled as defensive linemen that you would almost expect to make the roster that they can all, all make the roster. Um, I got to go Golston. What? I got to go Will Golston. I mean, there's so much – there's so many players on this roster that you can see playing an edge role, whether it's a down lineman or an outside linebacker setting the edge, that – and his interior work isn't impressive enough to carry him. Like, he can't just make the roster as an interior down lineman. He's got to make the roster – as a guy who can put a hand in the dirt on the inside and at least hold ground, and he's got to be able to make uh, be a guy who can come off the edge or you know line up in a five tech or something like that to 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 make an impact there as well. Um, I just I just think I I mean looking at it like Anthony Nelson's not going anywhere. I mean though I mean talking about guys who you expect like I could sit, I could I could sit here and say like oh you know uh, Daniels like he's he's probably not going to make the roster and that's not really you know we're not. We're not talking bold there. So if I'm talking bold, Golston, I mean, he's he's the guy. I think Noah Spence in this defense, I think Noah Spence with this coaching staff, I think he's getting like he would have to do really bad to not make the the 53, at least in the beginning stages. Okay. 
For the record, I agree with you. All right. Well, David, I think that's going to do it for our special uh, Saturday episode where we said we were going to discuss the defensive line, and instead we just – French fries and mayonnaise, my friend. We we went on a tangent there for a while. But, hey, hopefully all of our listeners had a great time because I sure had a great time. Uh, if you all want to be part of the conversation, and, of course, make sure that you're partaking in Throwback Thursday when we're talking about the memory of your first – ever Buccaneers game that you've watched, attended, whatever, memory of your first Buccaneers game, give us a call at 813-444-5841. Make sure you're checking out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Make sure you are subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, whatever. Whatever your your podcaster or podcatcher of, of choice is, make sure you're subscribing to us there. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We prefer the five-star variety. Helps other Buccaneers fans find us. David, I know we have another five-star review that needs to be read. We will get to that on Monday's episode. I promise I didn't have it pulled up at the time. So we will make sure to read that on the air on Monday. But leave us a review. We'll read it on the air. We really appreciate all of you for all of your help and for subscribing to us. Hope you all have the best weekend of your lives. And thank you so much for joining us right here. We drink at Santana Champ because it's so crisp. I got my swim trucks and my flipping floppies. I'm flipping burgers. You at Kinko straight flipping cabbage. Yeah.